This podcast is sponsored by Safe House Rehab Thailand, the premier drug and alcohol rehab dedicated to enhancing the science of recovery. First, a plug for my sponsor, who has given me the opportunity to help the families and loved ones of alcoholics and addicts better understand the nature of the disease and what they can and shouldn't do about it, shouldn't try to do about it. We say in our podcast and blog that our primary goal is to help you make an informed decision at this critical stage of your life. Safe House Rehab Thailand represents the modern approach to recovery, founded on safety, which is why we absolutely outperform traditional rehabs when it comes to intake and detox, technology, and aftercare. To learn more about our modern, advanced approach to recovery, we invite you to visit safehouserehab.com or send your questions and comments to info at safehouserehab.com. So, Adam, as uh, Tony was saying earlier, it's really about the process. And one of the questions that we had of you, I certainly did, was the whole concept of uh, staying in today and how in early recovery, what we're taught is to take one day at a time because if we try to say, oh, stay sober forever, it's too much of a burden. Do you want to talk about staying in the day and, and one day at a time? And then we'll go on to another topic. I sort of call it, I mean, there's different variations on it, just for today, just one, for day, today. one day at a time. Right. Initially, I'll be honest, it, it used to really frustrate me okay. because I couldn't grab my head around it. Okay. My head was always like a hamster wheel. It was living in the past or it was living in the future. Got it. I wouldn't be able to focus on what was in front of me. Yeah, I, I, was, I was here. I was here in the now. But, but not fully. But not fully, so what I was doing, there was always something attached to it. And okay. that attachment that I would put on it would either be the past influencing the present or the future influencing the present, which would affect the way that I felt about the present. Okay. And I used, I would, I'd be listening to, just taking on that concept. So what it ultimately, it, staying in the here and now meant for me was that I needed to to keep at my recovery no okay. matter what so in the beginning it was first off it was just don't pick up don't pick up another drink don't pick up another drug from that it, and no matter how i felt that's that's how i would that i would focus on that in in during in the process of doing that uh, and and the 12-step uh, process we i would understand that number one i was powerless over it so that's allowed me to stay present Sorry, it would allow me not to take that uh, first drink or a drug. But I would have all these feelings around. I'd be discontent, irritable, discontent, frustrated. So I wasn't satisfied or content with where I was at. And, and as, as I went through the process, I came on to this sort of step two, which was coming to believe that uh, I could release myself from all that, those feelings of, of uh, the obsession and the compulsion of the past, the future, to 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 have bring in sort of a, a, a higher power concept into into my life, and and what this higher power concept I think is it belongs to each individual, and that's what's beautiful is that we don't impose our own way onto each other. Brilliant. And bringing in the, the the higher power concept into into my life allowed me to understand that I have a better way to live. So this whole recovery process shows me a better way to live and that started off with understanding that I can live in the here and the now in in the just for today 
because that is what matters. So I have, as an example, I'm feeling a certain way. And it's okay to feel that certain that way. It doesn't need to necessarily affect my future, or or or, or I don't need to bring the past in to make it worse or better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, yeah. And then going, you know, ultimately what would lead me to going and doing doing drugs, and changing, wanting to change the way that I felt or mask it in some form. Can I ask you something? So, many many of us feel the this urgency for the next thing. Right, mm. so I'd be sitting at a bar and I go like, "What's the next thing?" Right, "What's the next thing?" Or I feel driven by a sense of urgency for something. Right, so does staying in the day help you stay in the moment and kind of dissipate this urgency to go do something now that's different than what you're doing currently? Yeah, that's actually really, really, really yeah. Thanks for that. It sort of took my memory onto that. Yeah, it dissipated that uh, immediate need. For instant gratification, as we okay. call it. All right. So, let's say I was upset by something, um, and uh, like I previously said, uh, anger was one of my things. And actually, anger has become one of my enjoyments as well. Okay. I don't, I like it, but I don't like it. My body is used to it. My mind is used to it. The way that I behave is used to it. So I have to take contrary action to what I, what I'm used to. And that contrary action, I was staying in the day, okay, I get angry and I realize that I don't need to act out right here, right now. I can accept the situation as it is and see what tomorrow brings. It's actually now works sometimes in the minute or so I don't need to see all the way till tomorrow because the experience and the, the practice gets better and better that I'm able to, to, to calm myself and, and accept situations. So acceptance is a, is a very big part of understanding the here and the now, knowing that this, this situation is the way it is. And I still, into, I'd say actually about a month and a half ago, and I had a, a very big craving to go and have a drink. And it's become far and few in between. In the first year, there was a lot. In the first few months, <laughs> it was nearly every day. But I, that I, but I stuck at it by that saying. It's just saying, okay, first thing is n- just stay in the day to know that I can stay clean. No matter what, sort of white-knuckling it for the first... That was my experience for the first few months. But I had to have something different, and that's where I shared earlier on. Six months in, I attempted to do a, do a 12-step program. And that really took me to to a new level uh, because it allowed me to see the past, admit that I actually I am, uh, I do have a problem. And the problem being is that I I now say that I am an addict. It's a, and drugs and alcohol is, is, it's a a big part of that. Yeah, so for me now, it's, that's ties into the guilt and shame process, which I'm dealing with now. And yeah, it's okay to be, it's, it's okay in the sense of that, not to behave the way that I used to behave, but what I did, I did. Sure. And now I can take responsibility for my, for, for for my life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I completely agree with you know that that what you mentioned there, Bruno, with the erratic thinking, and that is part of the obsession. That is part mm-hmm. of the compulsion there's also there's guilt and there's shame those are things i mean it's important to remember we are still human beings we are not perfect and these are natural things that we feel and that we think about perhaps a little on the more side by some categorized in that area of addiction or uh, alcohol and um, substance misuse due to our patterns of thinking however keeping it in the day is essentially again 
It's a coping mechanism which works very well because we can handle the guilt, the obsession, the, the feelings, the emotions that are in the day. That's something we can handle. And you're, you're not overcomplicating things. Whereas if you're living with this guilt and shame and obsession and constantly burdening it over you, you know, thinking too far in the future, thinking in the past, you're, you're complicating something that you don't need to complicate. And it's, it's a matter of, again, we'll go back to the very primary, part of the recovery process. Mm. And it's about learning how to, you're, you're always going to be learning on one thing further, 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 further. And the beauty of all of this is that each individual will then later reflect this for themselves. It's, it's like we hear it in the rooms, you hear it from other people at the beginning. Mm, no, I don't know. Well, mm, okay. However, when, the, when it really starts to sink in is when you can actually, it clicks for you. You know, people say you have that snap moment or ah oh, I get it or ah oh, something changed for me ah oh, okay it just everything just changed there isn't a place in time where that does happen but everyone understands it when they understand it mm. and it's a learning curve and again it's completely and utterly based on your journey which is individual what were some of your aha moments um Adam honestly I'd so I'd actually say, I have to say it was yeah the very first one I do remember was in the rehab that I attended was someone said to me, it's none of my business what someone else thinks of me. Okay. <laughs> it's, it has been said. Okay, rich. that's definitely and, an aha. <laughs> yeah, it, it took me about three weeks before. One day I was just sitting there and it hit me what he had said to me and what it meant. And it was, I was so self-conscious right. of what others perceived me as. And that got ties in. Now I understand two years later on is is that I didn't have a sense of belonging. There was this, this feelings of guilt and shame. And, and there's a lot more, this obsession and compulsion, help, like you were talking about, Tony, was tied into that. This obsession and compulsion, for me, partly, I mean, it's greater than what I can say now, it was, was for me to, to mask the wrong that I was doing. And the wrong okay. meaning that it was the wrong for me, it was the, 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 the right action that I need to take for myself. Like quite often, so it, it, that our first aha moment being, it's none of my business what someone else thinks right. of me. We we also relate that with people pleasing. So right. I sometimes would do actions to because I thought that was I was a mind reader by the way before. So I thought that that other person or people wanted me to behave in a certain way. Right. So for example, when I'm sitting around in a bar or sitting with my friends. And those friends are in quotation marks back then. I, I've changed people, places, and things all from right. my past to live a better way. Was that they that I needed to behave in a certain way okay. to show you, this image? Does that take you to becoming a more authentic and genuine human being? I'm finding out who I am, what I like, and learning to enjoy life. So a few days ago was my my two years continuous clean time in sobriety and. I was ref I've been reflecting, doing a lot of reflecting, which has happened naturally, and I haven't really stopped s sort of smiling in the last few days. And for me, I never smiled before. I was never happy. I could laugh, but there was always sort of this underlining sadness to that because that underlining sadness was be the alcohol. That I, I had to go back to the alcohol and drugs. It, it, whether I would be excited, I needed them to to influence my life. Okay. That's the way that I believe that. Okay. And now, in the last few days, 
I have been free and genuine to the best of my ability as okay. I am now. Okay. And something that Tony, you, you just touched on earlier was, was the idea of uh, it's a learning process. And what were you we talking about before, like recovery taking its, its course, learning to, to live life on life's terms okay. with other people. <laughs> I'll give you a simple example. And I, uh, my, I had to take a higher car. So got the higher car the next day. Uh, the battery, well, it, it just didn't start. The car didn't start. So I said, all right, fair enough. Um, in the past, that would have um, really made me angry. I've just hired a car. It's their fault. They should have I've paid money, all of this. No, I thought, okay, well, what can I do? Luckily, someone drove by. I, I jump-started the car. And then from jump-starting the, the car, it, the battery uh, went, it went again. What, what, what I'm trying to say is that... Uh, that situation occurred, whereas in the past that would have made me angry. I would have been bitter towards the, the, the hire car company. I, wanted, I would have wanted to get my way. And it would have been a great excuse. Okay, car's not working. Let me head over to the bar and go yeah, and do some drugs. Yeah, yeah, free time. Any but, excuse. Right? Yeah, any excuse. And this time it was just, okay, it happened. It Let happened, me deal yeah. with it. Acceptance. Yeah, it was just a, such a simple acceptance. It's right. such a simple yeah. thing, yeah. So we're going to try to wrap up here okay. a little bit. I guess the question then is... What are the main lessons you've learned with respect to not only not drinking, but also living a genuine life? I think that it's not, it's not one individual thing. I think there's, a lot, uh, there's an awful lot in there. However, an easy way of summing it up is, I was blind, but now I see. Doesn't mean I can see very well, but I can see. I think if, if I'm willing to accept the help, after that, it is a matter of learning, understanding, and changing, and just allowing for that and trusting for that process to happen. And I, I don't have any hesitation in telling anyone that if you follow the guidance, if you receive the right guidance in order to do all this, really commit to it, throw your, hand, throw, throw, throw your cards down and just say, look, I'm willing, I'm willing to take whatever it is that you, because you need to be guided on this. If you're prepared and willing to do that, Things will get better, and things will change permanently. Yeah, um, <laughs> I think that, that that was really well put. Yeah, Tonio, and uh, I'm still going through the process. So for for me, it's coming to understand it, and it's becoming part part of me. The process, as you just said, when when you, when you've sort of described it for yourself, say that's quite similar to myself. I have to first have this sort of acceptance and and this surrender. To, to, to the situation. Um, so you're still, um, and, and this is all good, right? Yeah. This is all part of the development. You're still internalizing a lot of your learning. Is that what's going on as you see it? Yeah. Making uh, it more intuitive. I know that my early recovery, I had to think about what the next right thing was. Over time, it becomes more intuitive. Are you feeling that change happening? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it goes back to your thing about keep it in the day. Sometimes keeping it in the day is not doing anything because... That intuitiveness is being developed. Okay, perfect. Through through practice, whereas, yeah, in the past I have I have intuitions that were centered around my obsession and compulsion okay. to get drugs. Whereas right. now it's centered around wanting a better way to live. Okay. So why I do this day in day out right. is because what stands out to me the most is it's a better way to live. Okay, perfect. 
tune in next week for the next episode of Busting Addiction and Its Myths, where we now have our weekly episodes titled by topic for you to search and download at your leisure, all in the interest of busting some myths and bringing you the truth about the face of addiction and alcoholism today. Thank you.